Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, Dreamfesters. Welcome along to the Dreamfest podcast. My name is Pete Steele. This is the show where we talk to creatives about their Dream Festival lineup. If you haven't already, don't forget to sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod, where you will get these episodes earlier than everyone else, and you'll get bonus questions and extra chats with my guest this week, who is a drummer, a vocalist, an artist, an organizer, a whipper into shaperer. She's an all-round fabulous company. She is the beating heart of one of the best bands in the world. She is, of course, the brilliant Fliss Kitson of The Nightingales. Yes, I had a lovely chat with Fliss at the end of February 2021. In the aftermath of the hysteria created by the Stuart Lee and Michael Cumming documentary King Rocker, which centred around a heralded punk rocker Rob Lloyd and his band The Nightingales, of which Fliss is an integral part, and she has been for the last 10 years. She's not only the drummer, occasional singer and songwriter, but she also does all the artwork, the social media, she runs the shop. So she's been incredibly busy organising and sending out Nightingales merch, of which there will be some links for you to go and check out at the end. Also, if you haven't seen King Rocker, I'd recommend you maybe go and see that first. If you can go and watch that first, that'd be great. But if not, don't worry, I'll give you some links at the end to watch it at your leisure. But she was ever so generous with her time, for which I'll be ever grateful, and I had a lovely time with her, and she got really creative with some of her answers, as you'll hear, which is what I like. So, I will be back at the end with those links, but for now, let's all sit back and relax as we curate the Dream Festival lineup with Miss Fliss Kitson. Enjoy. We're in then, we're talking, we're on the podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> um, I doubt anyone listening to this won't have watched King Rocker, um, but that is the uh, documentary about uh, Rob Lloyd and the Nightingales, of which you are an integral part, it's got to be said, <laughs> uh, made by Stuart Lee and Michael Cumming. So how was that to, to make? Um, fascinating and really surreal. Obviously, it's it's mainly about what well, it's all about, Robert, the lead singer. But um, in 2018, when it was kind of all starting to become a real thing, we were on tour and Stuart Lee and Michael Cumming and the King Rocker crew, which was small, were all on tour with us as well. So that's when it kind of became really surreal. And yeah. there was cameras there all the time. I'm assuming those kind of that footage will probably be in the DVD extras because there was so much they filmed. They travelled with us loads of places. But, yeah, what an honour and amazing that Stuart and Michael had the belief in Robert to do something like that because the response has been insane. Yeah, you've been kept pretty busy with boosting sales, I imagine. Wow, really, really busy, yeah. And it's been great because it's been organic, like the... The response from, you know, everyone and new fans and then famous characters like Michael Sheen tweeted the other day. That's it's just quite weird to 
kind of come to terms with it but it's been amazing and quite insane to deal with the um, social media platforms by myself it was great though it's all I've ever wanted so for the band so I'm chuffed listen to various um, sort of interviews and podcasts with um, with Stuart he he said that Rob kind of came up with the idea about 10 years ago he, he flouted the idea about 10 years ago that sort of coincides with when you joined the band isn't it coincidence oh yeah funny that actually yeah. there's there's there are as it as king rocker shows you there are varying stories about how king rocker started well the idea of the documentary rob has a totally different memory to that obviously than Stuart. i mean yeah. probably go with Stuart, but i was actually at the table when it was discussed with Stuart at a pub in london and it wasn't Rob pleading for a documentary to be made about him at all. Mm. Um, it was more of a brainstorming thing that Phil Jupiter actually had come up with the idea of getting oh. the band out there a bit more, but that never came of anything. So, yeah, 10 years ago, probably. Yeah, and I joined the band 10 years ago. Funny. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, I saw another interview with Rob recently, and he he uh, what was it? What was it he said about you? I think oh, he dear. called you he called you the real grafter. Oh well, that's nice of him. It's, it's a nice it's a nice thing, I guess. It is, yeah. I was going to say when you when you joined the band, did you kind of envisage that that you would be kind of the engine room, uh, not just sort of behind the drums and sonically, but with everything else, like you know whipping people into shape and all that sort of stuff <laughs> i think i did know that that was to come because i was um friends and fan of the band previously i supported the nightingales in my other band violet violet mm. so i saw how they worked <clears throat> and they were quite chaotic but amazing and when i joined i did think you know we're we're really good if I do say so myself, I wouldn't join. You're fine to say that. <laughs> yeah. And um, we can do better than this. We should promote ourselves, shout it from the rooftops. And I think all the other members were, um, they don't like to talk about themselves that much. Well, Rob does, obviously. But um, <laughs> I don't have much shame with promoting what I'm doing. If you can't blow your own trumpet, then why should anyone else? So I was happy to take that on board. And I knew that the band needed a lift as difficult as it is for a band that's been going so long to take a step up, it's really, it's not heard of very much. So it has been, you know, a struggle and really hard because, yeah, not many people know about the Nightingales, um, but a great cult following they had already. So that was good to start with. Yeah, well, a few quite high profile people have <clears throat> I mean, maybe maybe come out of the woodwork a little bit, I guess. They've... Uh... <laughs> Like Mark Kermode, I listened to his podcast about it, and like he was, you know, he's been a fan. And um, as you say, Michael Sheen came out, and obviously Stuart Lee's been talking about you guys quite a lot for a, a few years now. How, how, what was your, what was your route into the band? How did you, how did you become the drummer in the band? Um, it was because I was um, supporting the Nightingales in my band Violet Violet. Um, Rob found us on MySpace when that was in vogue at the time. Wow. Because that was quite a good platform to actually listen to music, wasn't it? And discover new things um, at the time. So Rob messaged us saying, I really like your music. Do you want to play a gig with us? And we were really young, 17-year-old girls. And we just mm -hmm. replied, why? Because we'd never <laughs> heard of him before and thought it was a bit weird. Kind of did some research and we were like, oh, actually, yeah, they're quite good and seem fun. 
so we did do a gig with them and then we ended up touring with them in the UK, Europe, and we went to America with them, which was amazing. Wow. And then my band, we stopped playing for various reasons, still became, still best friends and everything, but we stopped playing and I really didn't want to stop playing the drums. And Rob kind of found out and it was at a time where their drummer was leaving. So yeah, it worked quite well. He just phoned me up and said, uh, do you want to join? And I really like to challenge myself and the drums in the Nightingales is extremely challenging. Well, was at the time when I didn't play them. So yeah, I just said yes. It's a tale of old time, isn't it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you say that you kind of, you weren't sort of sure who he was and that maybe it was a bit of a wind up because I mean, uh, Fuzzbox said something kind of similar in the documentary, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Does Rob have that sort of effect on people where they just don't take him seriously? Is that... I think it's just because it was quite weird for um, like an older guy. It, I mean, it's amazing that he champions women in music and he has done all of his career. But, you know, you question it at first, perhaps. And for a good reason, you know, there's loads of other people out there that try to get on board for the wrong reasons. But his were mm. the right reasons. So, yeah. Uh, let me ask you a little bit about lockdown as well, because I mean, obviously, you've, you released a record in lockdown. Yeah. So how how was I mean? It's a, it's a strange sort of question, but how was that to release and try and promote a record when you can't go out and gig it? Easier, I difficult? Thought, I, I thought it would be really difficult, but it actually turned out really great, and it's the best selling record we've ever put out. The best-selling record the Nightingales have ever put out, I believe. I think because everyone was kind of championing the musicians at the time and could see if they were a fan of ours, ours, everything we'd lost and all the tours cancelled and, you know, we're very make, do, amend and just do it all ourselves or I do it. So it was a blow, a real blow, and we just wanted the music to be heard at that time. Thankfully, we had a, have a great label behind us and um, a bit of press there. So, and that worked really well. And then I think the support was amazing, probably more so than ever before to buy that record. So it did work in our favour in a way. Yeah, you must be itching to go and play that record now, right? Oh my god, yeah. Because we play, we're going to be playing that record in November, hopefully all being well. And it will also be two years since we played a gig and we never normally don't gig. We're always gigging, but we took 2019 kind of off because of the film build up to then go out in 2020 with the new album and the film and everything. And obviously that didn't happen, but um, yeah, really itching to. Oh, wow. So that, yeah, so that timing really must, that timing sucked then really, didn't it? Yeah, because we'd put off so much because of the film and it was all worth it, obviously, but I'm just so glad that the film was recorded before all of this because I don't think it would have ever happened if it didn't. Yeah, I suppose we managed to get some some live stuff. And um, Stu obviously managed to sit down with with all you guys and and you know people like Frank Skinner and yeah. Um, there's a there's a an, there's a sort of odd shot where Frank's kind of standing in front of you guys as if like <laughs> he was sort of reminiscing over being in the prefects. Did you actually play a song with him? No, he was like in and out. (laughs) It was really weird though because um, I didn't realise he was doing that. I didn't realise he was in the venue doing his interview. 
and we were sound checking and then we got stopped and we were like can we just do a quick shot uh Frank Skinner's gonna come on stage and stand in front of you and I was like wow okay all right hello nice to meet you he was you know very pleasant but yeah. it was you know in and out get the shot yeah were you aware, aware of his history with with the prefects yes yeah, yeah but as as in King Rocker it there were so many stories from everyone else saying yeah. what they thought um yeah, I was aware. So it wasn't just like, oh, Frank Skinner's just randomly turned up for <laughs> absolutely no, no reason whatsoever. <laughs> no, it is talked about quite a lot. So the yeah. stories um, are always coming and going. You know, everyone retells their story in different ways. So. Which which version do you believe? I believe Frank Skinner's because I, it matches up with the Appley brothers yeah. who were in the band at the time. So, yeah. He ruined I'm, the band. Who did? Say. Did you say oh, he ruined, ruined the band? No, 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 no. <laughs> Who were in the band at the same oh, time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Frank Skinner ruined them. This is your exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Blitzkrieg Bop and they went, oh, my goodness me, we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're finished. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> well, um, I'd like to go back um, even further, if I may, um, just to sort of um, your sort of musical upbringing. What was, what was a sort of typical sort of musical household for, for you, Fliss, when you were growing up? It was um, a lot of Motown mm-hmm. from my mum, and then my dad was kind of a mod type, the jam and the buzzcocks and, you know, stuff like that. But also a lot of, oh, what's it, the House Martins, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, always played on, like, Saturday mornings, but I didn't get into alternative music from my family at all. They were more, it was pop, and they danced, they loved to dance, so... You know, that just feel good, hooky kind of music. Yeah. So, what? How was? You, what was your route into alternative? Was it school or? Yeah, definitely school. I had two friends only, um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got into music together through. I think um, my friend Mary Jane, her brother was um, older than us and was into like Riot Girl and stuff. So he got us into Riot Girl and we would sit and listen to that lots and Foo Fighters and Nirvana. Mm. And yeah, so we just became a little group of alternative girls at the school, I guess. The cool kids, right? Well, we weren't cool and well, yeah, I mean, looking <laughs> yeah. back now, you were looking the cool back kids. We were the cool kids. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I think I think that's what cool is. It's the re- retrospectiveness of it. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your how? What was your route into getting behind the kit then? So, those two girls, we decided we wanted to be a rock girl band as well, um, and we kind of took dibs with um, who wanted to play what, and I had seen. Um, Sleater Kinney well seen videos and stuff and Janet Vice behind the drum kit and she was the first woman I'd ever seen drum but I was a big Dave Grohl fan as well at the time um, yeah. so I was just like drums for me definitely and I was way more serious than the other two girls so I went back home and I said I really want to get, get drumming can I have some drum lessons for my birthday my parents thought it was obviously a phase like when I wanted a sewing machine or something <laughs> But um, <laughs> so I did get some drum list lessons and yeah, and then the rest is history. I just never stopped. Yeah. Was there anyone, um, so once you sort of got into playing the drums, apart from Dave Grohl maybe, was there any sort of records that you were heavily influenced by at all? Drumming wise? Well, yeah, well, anything really. You thought, um, I want to play with this sort of stuff. Do you know what? No. I, no. I, not 
I'm not really into drums that much. I don't get my yeah, I don't get my inspiration from drummers. No, really, rarely, rarely. Yeah, there there are a few that I stop and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I'm going to steal that or you know pay homage to that. But um, at the time, there wasn't anything apart from Janet Vice from Sleater Kinney, where she's very heavy on the toms. Mm. And I knew, like, I wasn't really a cymbal girl. I knew that that was going to be a thing. But, yeah, no, I didn't really. I just kind of would try to be creative with it and think on my own path. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, I like that. I like that answer a lot, actually. Mm. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about live music. Um, yeah. you're, gonna, you're here to curate your dream festival lineup we'll get to that in a minute mm-hmm. first i just want to ask you about gigs yeah um, now obviously you've done what thousands of gigs probably in your, yeah. in your career so far but i want to talk to you about live music as a punter so Correct. do you remember the first gig you ever went to well i i did think you might ask me this because i did listen to sean hans episode okay. <laughs> i was His like status oh. quo i think his was his was yeah Yours is cool as that? cooler than mine, no. Oh. Mine was, um, <laughs> so I went back to my girlfriends, who I'm still really good friends with where we were at school, and asked them today because they have a far better memory than me. Right. And apparently it was um, an NME tour when we were 14. Okay. And it was um, Amen, that kind of hardcore punk group. Right, I'm yeah. Even, I don't I know. vaguely remember them, yeah. And uh, JJ72 supported them, which oh, is quite a, yeah. not a great combo, I don't think. So that was my first ever gig, but we also did go to Embrace probably that same week. Yeah, that's it's not cool. You know, an Embrace gig is not the best. No, I, n- I never got into Embrace either. No, but it was, um, it was our like break into we went we I was from Norwich at the time so we went to the UEA and that's where all the enemy tours were going so mm. we went to all of those after that so it was whoever was playing but the first one happened to be them yeah okay now do you remember the last gig you went to as a punter obviously it would have been uh, a little while ago now yes i do actually it mm. was um at the kitchen garden in kings heath yeah and it was a singer-songwriter called Bronwyn Brent. And I took, I used to work at a pub in Wolverhampton and our regular punter there, Steve. Shout out to Steve if you're listening. <laughs> Probably won't be. But, um, Why aren't you listening, he, Steve? <laughs> he, um, he's so lovely like, and loves love to go to gigs, but he never had anyone to go to gigs with. And this was his favourite singer-songwriter. She came from America and I said, let's go together. And we did. And it, that was in March last year, early March. Uh, Beautiful. Okay. And as you'll find out later, I'm not massively into singer-songwriters, but um, she was wonderful. And it was a lovely moment. Very That okay. that venue's lovely, isn't it? It's really yeah. personal and you're just in, in a moment, aren't you there? Yeah. I saw uh, Matthew Edwards there, I think. Um, oh, yeah. The year before last, I think it was. Right. Um, yeah, just before his last album came out, I think that was. Yeah. Um, which um, which pub did you work at in Wolverhampton? I worked at um, Slater's, which was uh, it didn't last that long, really, two years. Oh, right. So oh, yeah, okay. it was not like a great pub. There's so oh. many great pubs in Wolverhampton. That yeah, well, I used to live there. That's why I ask. Oh well, I do live there. Yeah. Well, I'm in between, but um, yeah, no, it's not one of the best ones. No, oh, fair <laughs> enough. Um, <laughs> Now, you've probably been to many gigs. Um, maybe I want to 
do a double-edged question here, actually. So what's the best gig you've been to as a punter, and what's the best gig you've done as a drummer? Oh, goodness. Okay. I know. That's, I'll, I'll put you on the spot I'll there. I'm going to say what's at the top of my head, because yeah. otherwise I'll just sit here for hours thinking about <laughs> it, because I haven't planned this one. Best gig I've been to as a punter, I'm weirdly going to say um, The Hives in London. Oh, okay. Uh, at Brixton Academy it was but only because I do like that band but I wouldn't say they're one of my favourites or anything Mm. but the atmosphere was amazing and I was in such a good mood and it was me and my best friend who I used to be in a band with and we were right at the front and we got absolutely soaked of sweat and we danced so much and that's the last kind of memory of uh, that I've had of that I was at a gig like that where it was that much energy that we had so I just have really fond memories of that I don't know it's probably not the best band I've ever seen but that as a punter that was Mm. the most fun I've had yeah and then as a drummer I'm gonna say it was um Stuart Lee's ATP festival we were playing the main stage after he went on so he curated the whole festival and it was the biggest crowd we'd ever played to and they were really responsive it felt amazing to be. We'd never played to more than probably a hundred people uh, by this time. Really? Well, I don't know. Actually, that's probably silly. But I'd never played to thousands of people ever, yeah. and it just felt so exciting. I mean, lots of people did leave um, probably to see Sleaford Mods um, near it. Ah, oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, so yeah, bad timing. But yeah, bad I was time. I was in my element. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Who else was on that bill then, apart from Sleaford? Do you remember? Um, yeah, it was the four they played. Wow. Yeah, and uh, Stuart has good taste, you know. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's a bit, it's a bit annoying, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boredoms, which was fascinating. Gosh, it was. It's a bit blurry now because it was, you know, so good. A long weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do remember being on stage though, and it was wonderful. Excellent, excellent. Well, Fliss. Yes. Um, you are here today because I have arranged a festival, hopefully much akin to the ATP, so by Stuart Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I've done I've done everything. I've set up the food trucks. I've done so the invites. Yeah, I've done the wristbands. I've done everything, but I forgot to book the damn bands. So I need some help. Yeah, rule number one, book the bands. Yes. Now. Yeah. We are lucky in that I have a handy time machine. So you are able to go. I mean, you think I'd use it myself and just go back to before. Yeah. But, you know, it's more interesting this way. <laughs> um, you get a handy dandy time machine to go back and you can go to any musical era you like and you can pick any artist. Uh, they might not be with us anymore. They might be a band you've seen before and you just really want to see them again. But the. The best bit is that you get to pick the form of your time machine. So how are you going to travel through time and pick Ooh. your bands? Do you know what? I wouldn't normally say this because after a tour, I really hate it. But I miss it so much. I'm going to say our band van. Yeah? Yeah, which is rusty and horrible and falling apart and always breaks down. But um, I feel in the time machine, it's just going to be with us and it's going to take us to our destination and I miss it so much. And all the band are going to be in there and we're going to be quizzing and drinking. And it, yeah, I miss that. You say quizzing? 
Yeah, we do. We quiz in the van. Yeah, we <laughs> really? no, we'd never listen to music when we talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit weird, but yeah. Who who sets the questions, or do you, do you take it in turns, or we ha- we use the app Quizoid. Okay. Not sponsored. Uh... <laughs> no, so they can give us some money if you want, Quizoid. <laughs> We use it so much that they should really. <laughs> yeah. And who's the best quizzer? Um, it's got to be probably our driver, Max, from Pram, actually. Oh, okay. And he is, yeah, he's quizzical. He's the quizzard. The quizzard. Oh, yeah. right. So he's got his own nickname for yeah. his I'm quizzing ability. Quizzard, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you hold your own. We all have our categories, you know. Yeah. What's yours? Entertainment or celebrity, probably. Celebrity. Or, yeah. All right. Lovely. Well. Yes. It's the day before the festival, so there's a few bars open so you can go and socialise and have a drink and uh, talk about what's coming up. It's a bit of a heavy night, so it might be a bit worse for wear next morning. But there's someone just outside your tent to give you a little wake-up call to help you bring you into the day. Um, now, you could have a bit of a rude awakening, I guess, something a bit noisy, a bit loud, a bucket of water over the face sort of thing, or you could go for a little gentle awakening. So what are we going to go for? Who's going to be outside your tent well, we're going to have a bit of kraut rock to get you in the mood and get your oh. mind together. And we're going to go with Noi. Noi. Klaus Dinger and Michael Roffer are outside the tent with their mellow, motoric music. I feel like it's a good start. It, and especially like Noi 75, the songs start off quite quiet and gradually, you know, get louder, like an alarm clock. Well, like my alarm clock. Um, I think good music to wake up to, get you in the mood, have a little morning dance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good. Noise. Because, yeah, a lot of people go really gentle and mellow, but it sounds like you're going for a little bit of a combo there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not really a gentle, mellow kind of girl. No. No, no. no. I want to thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's Noi, is it? It's Noi. Lovely. Okay, Noi are going to get you up and at them. Um, okay, so um, dropped a couple of painkillers because a bit of a fuzzy head, but you've had a little, yeah. nice little hearty breakfast. Wipe the sleep from your eyes. Uh, it's now time for your festival to start. So who is setting the tone and putting out the festival vibes? Who is opening your show? Opening the show will be the Raincoats. I've seen them a few times now, and they never sm- never fail to make me smile. Mm. I always smile. I feel super empowered watching them. It's really emotional as well. I mean, maybe it's a too early for emotion, but we're hungover. We're probably crying all throughout the day because it's so exciting <laughs> anyway. So we might as well start now and feel empowered, um, smiling, really big grins watching them, especially when they play... Um, the feminist song, everyone, you know, will feel great. So, yeah, the raincoats. Are we going to go for a bit of a feminist vibe at this festival, do we think, Chris? I would have loved to do that, but I haven't gone down that route, although I do hope all of the acts are feminists, because why wouldn't you be, huh? Well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but we're going to kick off with that vibe, definitely. Okay, well, the raincoats have put out a lovely feminist vibe for everyone to get nice and <laughs> in the mood. Yeah. Um, so now... There are some flyers that are going to circulate amongst the festival covers with the promise of a uh, previously unannounced guest set. Now, who is going to surprise your guests at your festival? Well, 
I was going to say right said Fred, which was not down the <laughs> feminist route, obviously. And uh, they're actually a little bit cancelled at the moment. So they are a tad cancelled, yes. That's not the vibe I want to bring to my festival. And to be honest, I only like about five tracks, which is more than five. Most, to be honest. Did they have five? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like the B sides. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, Deeply Dubby, yeah, is one of my faves. But um, I'm going to have the Trogs. Hey! Yeah, bit of dirty garage greatness. Feel good. I love them so much. Cellophane is probably one of my all-time favorite albums. I think they'll really perk everyone up. So I don't even mind the soppy ballads, although I would rather they didn't play them. Yeah. But I can't, you know, I can't make their set for them, can I? That's another category. I mean, I mean, on you know, when you've picked them up in the van, you can maybe have a quick word. Just to I play. could, yeah. Hey, Reg, please don't play. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please, and we've also we've uh, we've also got right said Fred to accompany you onto stage. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> no, they're not being let in. <laughs> they're not they're being let in. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, wonderful. The Trogs yes. have suitably left everyone open mouthed at your festival. Wonderful. <laughs> so it's now time to get something to eat. So, what is mm. your festival grub? At festivals, I always eat um, either pie or mash or mac and cheese. Okay. I don't know why it's on my go-to food store. So, yeah, I'm going to have both of those, actually. Yeah, both? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go double bubble because there's a long day ahead and I don't think I've been asked if I'm eating again. So I need to, um, I I mean, need to line the stomach. Yeah, I mean, well... Uh, it's completely up to you if you want to eat again later on. It's, uh, no, but, I mean, no, mac, mac and cheese and pie and mash. I think that's, <laughs> that's a lot. That'll, I don't normally eat that much. That'll, but that'll keep I got you going really for a week. excited by both of those ideas. So, um, yeah. Do you not find mac and cheese a bit boring after a while? I do. Yeah, it's so boring. And, yeah. But I never cook it at home. No. So... I, I don't know why. I just always eat it at festivals. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I did. A, I did a mac and cheese once for the Super Bowl. And I thought this is going to be amazing. I looked at it. I was like, this is brilliant. And I <laughs> ate it, and about five spoonfuls in, I was like, this is amazing. But I can't eat anymore. No. It's so boring. <laughs> it is so. Yeah, I do like food, and I do like in, adventurous, interesting food. So this doesn't really show that of me. No. But we're at a festival, and I just want some stodge. Yeah, but I suppose you could get more adventurous with your pie. What's what's your filling in your pie? Well, I've gone a little bit veggie at the moment. I don't know. What do you have? A mu- mushroom? <laughs> yeah. Mu- yeah. Oh, a, mushroom. a sag, paneer, sag paneer pie. Oh, okay. Yeah, because pie minister do those, don't they? Uh, I don't know. Do they? They do. And they're yeah. nice. But yeah, let's go that. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, are you, yeah. so you're on a veggie kick at the moment, are you? Yeah, yeah. I have been for a while, but I mean, I dabble, but I'll try. We can yeah. only try. Yeah, we can. I went veggie about two years ago. Um, I haven't regretted it, I'll be honest. No, I don't find it hard at all. Yeah, yeah I haven't gone and eaten meat for ages, so, but I don't know. No, I'm not, not saying never. No, good. I'd, well, hope I'd hope not. Okay, well, pie and mash and <laughs> mac and cheese. Yeah. So that's going to leave plenty of time for a stage to be set up and yeah. someone is going to come and do an acoustic set for you. So it can be yeah. an acoustic artist or a non-acoustic artist doing an acoustic set. But who's going to serenade you while you gorge on pie and mac and cheese? <laughs> I will need to sit down after eating all those carbs. Yeah. So 
I mean, this is very dismissive of me, and I am sorry. And I know it's a bit, it's quite a bold statement, but I don't really love acoustic music. <gasps> but Massive there are, gasp. There are exceptions to the rule, of course. Yeah. Okay. Of course. And this is one exception, and I'm going to pick Jake Fackery. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. To inject a bit of humour into the festival, we the Nightingales used to cover one of his songs, The Lodger, actually. Um, mm. So I do hope he plays that. He's funny and such a great baritone voice. I, I did read, though, that he didn't really like performing, so I do hope he'll join the festival for me. Yeah, didn't he become a bit of a recluse? Yeah. 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 So hopefully we'll be able to, you know, convince him, get him yeah. in and, you know, warm him up with our... Charm. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't actually hear about Jake Thackeray until John Richardson, the comedian, mentioned him. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did, right. have, you, have you seen his series, Beat the Richardsons? No, I haven't. Uh, he, mentions, he mentions Jake Thackeray <laughs> and that, and how he's going to do like a tribute show to him or something. I don't know whether that's... Is he being a, serious? Or? I don't know. That's because it's meant to be sort of a bit, it's like a fly on the wall, but kind of a mockumentary sort of thing. So I don't know whether that is a genuine thing, but I think because they're both from up north, so I think that... Yeah. And it might be a genuine thing. Well, that would be good. Yeah. He, he, Jake Fackery would have hated that, I'm sure. But... I think, yeah, from, yeah, from what I've read about him, yeah, he would have. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but it sounds good to me. Um, yeah, a bit of humour. bit of humour. Um, hopefully you don't bring up too much mac and cheese while whilst laughing. Yeah, that would true. make a bit of a mess, but... Hey, you've, we've got we've got plenty of people to, to come and tidy fine, up yeah. after you. It's fine. <laughs> okay, we're going to go now to the local acts. Now, are you so are you from Norwich originally? Yes, you are, but you live in Wolverhampton. Yeah, I moved and... to Wolves in 2013. Right. Okay, that's yeah. yeah, long after I left actually. But um, so I mean, you could I suppose you could go. You could go back to Norwich or you could pick someone from the Wolverhampton Midlands area. Which way are you going to go with that? I've picked um, Birmingham, yeah, because I mm. do um, – well, I'm in Kings Heath right now and I do go out to um, gigs in Birmingham mainly. There's not really a scene in Wolverhampton at the moment, but there is great bands from there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm going with Birmingham and I'm going with the Nature Centre. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, great. I like the Nature Centre. I absolutely love them. Like great songwriting, really interesting and inspiring compositions, and they're such lovely people. Mm. Um, they're the band. Like I love watching bands when they look like they're having so much fun on stage. It really warms your heart, doesn't it? And you just get mm. into it more. And they yeah. do. They do. Strangely, they use acoustic instruments, don't they, Fliss? That's mm. fine because they have they have drums and stuff <laughs> okay. and a bass player. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm not like against the acoustic guitar. <laughs> I don't love it, but um, yeah, they can get away with anything really. I love them so much. Their album's amazing, mm. brilliant. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. the last record as well, and they've got some new stuff out as we speak at the moment as well. Yes, which uh, you can hear on Brum Radio. Quick plug for Brum Radio there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we now come to the intimate set. Now, it's mm. not as sordid as you might think. <laughs> it just means that there's a very small tent that holds around 30 people so it's a little bit of a squeeze so who would you like to see up close and personal in an intimate setting well i could have tried to be really cool about this but i'm not very cool and i've gone for foo fighters because i mean i i've loved them since i was 13 
Yeah. And I've kind of grown with them and they really have a place in my heart still, like a nostalgic thing. But I, yeah, I just absolutely love a hook and a emotional guitar riff probably. But, yeah. um, and I've chosen for the intimate stage because I'm assuming a lot of people that come to my festival may not have the affection for Foo Fighters that I have. And I don't want any judgment and I don't want anyone, you know, frowning at the fact they're playing. I want to look Dave Grohl in the eye and be like, we're going to be best friends after this (laughs) or whatever. And he's going to say, thank you for having me, Fliss. And I'm going to dance and sing at the top of my lungs and Everyone in that tent, the 30 people, have to, you know, really like them too. Otherwise, it's not going to be fun. So, yeah. And I've seen them loads of times with hundreds of thousands of other people right at the back. So I'd like to be, you know, right at the front for once. Have you heard the acoustic version of Everlong? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually have their acoustic album. Which is ah. uh, but, you know, once a fan, always a fan. Am I? Yeah, I am still a fan, but yeah. I mean, their later stuff, you know, give or take, really. But yeah, I mean, uh, I can yeah, I can sort of give or take the the latest stuff, really. But um, yeah, that sort of late nineties when they're making videos with Michelle Gondry and that sort of stuff. That's uh, that's still my favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. We're going on now to this is my favourite question, actually, Fliss. This is oh. full album performance. So, whose album would you like to hear? in its entirety, played by the artist. I've gone for Captain Beefheart, Safe as Milk. Ooh. Yeah. I was wondering if we'd get some Beefheart today. Yeah, I didn't know where to put them, but Safe as Milk is my favourite album, and I don't love all the the music. Majority of it I do, but I don't want them to play, you know, some of the stuff. So Safe as Milk, you're guaranteed a good time with that album. It's amazing from start to finish. And it, I always, if I'm in a bad mood or feeling really low, which doesn't happen that often, thankfully, but, you know, it does happen. If I stick that record on and, you know, sure enough, yes, I do, or Call On Me comes on, mm-hmm. it makes me feel better instantly. It makes, it's sunny, it's sunny music. It makes me feel so much better. And the drumming's incredible. The hooks are great. The singing, yeah, everything. Love it. What was your route into Beef Art? A lot of people get in through sort of trout mass replica, don't they? Was that your route in or was it? Uh, no, it was Safe as Milk. It wasn't Safe as Milk, right. Yeah, and it was through um, the Nightingales, uh, getting to know the Nightingales, because they, they were all big fans of Beefheart yeah. um, before I joined. And when I started, actually, when I first joined the Nightingales, we played Brain So Ugly in the set. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, learning those drums is amazing because he's such an incredible drummer. Um mm. So, yeah, that Safe as Milk was my entry point and is still my go-to. And he's crazy. Yes, yes. Completely bonkers. You didn't know what he's going to do on stage, do you? I know. Have you ever seen The Magic Band? Because they did play, like, Bilston and Birmingham a lot, but I never got to no. see it. No, I didn't no. know. Yeah, I'm gutted, but, uh. yeah, I'm bringing them back for this festival, so that's good. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> right, Fliss, the sun is starting to go down. But that means the party is really going to begin. Your headline is getting ready. <laughs> but first, someone to get you warmed up. Now, we could go two different ways. We could go melancholic, a bit dusky, or we could just go full-on party mode. Let's get, let's get going. Which way are we going with this? 
I think I've gone a bit weird, actually. I've gone. Okay, we can go third way. We can go weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's not weird, but it's um, a comedian, and it's Ted Shippington. Ah, bending the rules. I oh, like we're, we're not allowed. We're not allowed. He does do some um, no, no, musical no. numbers, actually. No, it's absolutely but, fine. I like okay. it. I like we, it. We always have, um, the Nightingales have always since the 80s and still to this day, um, comedians on before us as our support act. Yeah. And Ted um, has toured with us quite a lot, but he hasn't toured with us for ages and I really miss him. And I love watching him play before us, play, do his routine. Do his thing, yeah. <laughs> do his thing. <laughs> he does do some songs though, so I will ask him to do one for this festival. And I think it's a it's a good um, crowd divider, actually. Yeah. Because uh, you either you're either laughing or you're really hating it. <laughs> and I'd quite like people to have a think and um, yeah, take take Ted Chippington in. Yeah. yeah. It it was interesting in the documentary that the sort of two clips they played of Ted, uh, him sort of bombing. <laughs> no, but he always does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not all, yeah, I mean, it does divide the crowd half and half, um, yeah. and that's what I like. Did yeah. um, I mean I'm not I'm not asking for any exclusives here or anything, but did anyone get to the bottom of why he never turned up to be interviewed with Stu? I don't know. I think he was having a hard time actually mm. at the time, but we none of us knew that when we got there because we were there as well. Oh, did you all go down? Right. Yeah, we were playing a festival in Totnes. And Ted was due and we bought in the train ticket and everything. And he didn't turn up, but he also didn't say why. And he didn't say he wasn't turning up. He just didn't turn up. But it turns out, yeah, he was going through a hard time. So Fair enough, uh, fair enough. I hope, I, I know he's better now. So that's the main thing. Good, good. And well, he'll, be, he'll be doing his true stories on stage at my festival. And we'll all have a right good laugh. Yeah, maybe. everyone's going to have a good time with Ted. <laughs> Lovely stuff. He's your best mate. <laughs> okay, well, Ted's finished his stuff. Um, everyone's had a great time. No one's booing him off. It's good. Good. Um, so it's now time for the headliner. Who is the main attraction and who's going to close your show? It's got to be, for me, Sleeta Kinney. Sleeta Kinney. Yeah. Mentioned all earlier. Time, yeah, I have. An all-time favourite. And the reason I started drumming, like I said, I'm into all of the albums it's kick-ass women, fierce and rocking. And I think, yeah, even if you don't know the songs, you can't not love their, them live. The energy is insane and amazing. And as I said before, and I keep going on, but it is empowering to mm. watch them play. So, yeah, do you are you a fan? Do you know them? It's not, it's not someone on my radar, I'll be honest. Yeah. But that's, um, that's part of the reason I do this podcast is to learn about new stuff as well because – you know, it's it's basically impossible to know everything about everyone. Oh my god, of course, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it's nice yeah, to hear different names. You're really you're really liking them when they're playing right now. You're loving it. You're go, you you're in the mosh pit. Yeah. You're going mental. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've you've not seen me at a gig. First, so <laughs> I'm uh, I tend to stand at the back and just go. Mm, yeah. These mm. they're just taking over you though. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what um what sort of songs should people look out for? Do you reckon? Um. Uh, all of the woods album is epic oh god i don't like that word um is <laughs> it's, it's on it's on tape now sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's nearly as bad as legend but um you can say boston yeah it's boston oh, that, that, yeah. um and uh my 
my uh, entry point of Sleater Kinney was All Hands on the Bad One. Um, so that's a, that's also a great record. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Sleater Kinney finished their set. Everyone, including myself, was completely <laughs> worn out and are covered in sweat from being in the wash pit because I got dragged in. Yes. Against my will, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, so the lights are going down on the stage. Someone mentions there's a little sort of jam session happening at the top of the hill, and they invite you to go along. Um, you can take you can take an instrument if you want. You can just take yourself. It's up to you. And they want to jam with you throughout the night. So who are you going to jam with in front of the campfire to bring your festival to a close? Okay. Well, I hope this isn't breaking the rules, but I mean it's my festival, so it's your festival. You do what you yeah. want. <laughs> I really hate jamming actually oh okay, okay. yeah I, I'm just well, I'm not adverse to people doing that I don't want to watch people doing that and I don't normally like to be a part of that happening either I'm getting a little bit more used to it because I've had to really but um yeah it's not <laughs> not really what I like to do and um, so but I do like after a few beers to do karaoke oh now it's all coming out so, um, yeah, so I've walked into this area and the karaoke machine is plugged in. Right. There's a massive projection um, of the lyrics and Corinne from Sleater Kinney is on the mic. She passes me the mic and we're singing Alanis Morissette, You Ought to Know, at the top of our lungs, channeling <laughs> all of that angst out of us. Yeah. And there's Faust in the background, and they're just like playing on some litter bins, you know, hitting the metal. And then there's Peaches also on the side, and she's got the decks out, and she's just going for it. And it's just filthy greatness. It's, yeah, it's happening. Wow. You really do like to bend those rules. <laughs> <laughs> Karaoke machine, just spin lids. My goodness me. <laughs> it's kind of a jam, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, that's my kind of jam. That is yeah. my kind of jam. Yeah. Well, it sounds like one <laughs> very messy jam, I'll be are honest. You, are you joining? Are you going to bring um, your... <laughs> Well, um, No tambourines enough, allowed, though. Funnily enough, Jagged Little Pill is one of the first albums I ever bought, so I'm well down with that. Yeah, there's another mic. You can get involved. Thank you very much. Thank no you. No worries. Fliss, we've had... We've had a fantastic festival here. We've had we've had Noi, we've had the Raincoats, the Trogs, Jake Thackeray's played for you while you eat. We've had the Nature <laughs> Centre. We've had the Foo Fighters, Captain Beefheart, Ted Chippington, Sleater Kinney. Wow. That sounds pretty good. Are you happy with that? I'm really happy. I'm totally chuffed. And I hope everyone that's come to the festival has had a good time as well and not, you know, eating too, ma- too much mac and cheese like me. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, before you get into the uh, the rickety van and go and collect all these people, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, test your quiz knowledge and all that sort of stuff. Where can people find out about the Nightingales if they don't already know? Which I'm pretty sure they do, but just in case. Honestly, thanks to King Rocker, so many more people are listening to music, the mm. music, and that's what we wanted really. So yes, you can find us on um, all the social platforms apart from we haven't done TikTok yet, but I don't think no. that's going to happen unless <laughs> I don't know. Rob might be up for it. <laughs> we'll <point>. see. That'd <laughs> be interesting. <laughs> and um, we're on Bandcamp where you can buy or listen to the music um and all the various streaming platforms but you know Bandcamp's the one in it. Yes, it is usually. Yeah. Um, so what's um what uh, obviously you've got the rescheduled tour. 
Yeah. Any, anything else you can tell us about that's coming up for you guys, or is it just the tour that you're going to be concentrating on next? So um, King Rocker, the film, will take another journey, hopefully, after mm. its time with Sky Arts is finished. And when the cinemas can open up again and we can get that booked, we'll do a cinema run with that. Awesome. Um, maybe with Q&As and maybe some music, I'm not sure. But um, we also have lots of um, reissues of the Nightingale's back catalogue coming out. So Pigs on Purpose, the first Nightingale's album, uh-huh. has just been reissued, coming out in May, perhaps. Mm. <clears throat> we have a new single coming out in May as well, which we recorded last year. And Stuart Lee is doing a cover of a Nightingale song as the B-side. Yeah. So that's cool. I got mine pre-ordered. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you. Not just to suck up to you guys. I am a fan. (laughs) No, that's really good to hear. Thanks. And yeah, a couple of other things in the pipeline, but nothing confirmed yet. So the gigs is what I'm really excited about. Yeah. If that could happen. But they will happen at some point. So Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Fliss. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for, for having me. Thanks for, for allowing this. me to do this. That's yeah. right. You can get off into your rickety old van and uh, skiggle <laughs> off onto your dream festival. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you. Thanks, Fliss. Well, there we have it. Fliss Kitson of the Nightingales in fine, fine form and putting together one heck of a festival, which for the first time included some comedy. I'm very glad she did that, just to change it up a little bit, add a bit of variety. Don't forget, you can sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod for some bonus questions and extra chats, including a very, very candid chat about taxidermy. If you've seen the film King Rocker, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. So go and sign up now to hear that chat. Fliss also mentioned there there's a single that comes out in a couple of weeks on the 16th of April as we record this just in time for my birthday Boston you can get a copy from the nightingalesuk.bandcamp.com that's the nightingalesuk.bandcamp.com the single is called 10 bob each way with the b-side is a reimagining of the song use your loaf which is performed by Stuart Lee and musician composer Nick Pinn as for the documentary King Rocker by Michael Cumming and Stuart Lee you can still watch it on Sky Arts but if you don't have access to Sky, keep a keen eye out for a theatrical cinema release. I would strongly recommend you go to King Rocker website, kingrockerfilm.com, and subscribe to the newsletter, so I'm sure you'll get the news when it's made public. Also click on the links uh, tab there, and there is a plethora of exploration to be had, including links to the merchandise, articles, other podcasts featuring Stuart Lee and Michael Cumming, including two other Brum Radio podcasts, the Barbara Nice podcast and Adrian Goldberg's Adventures in Music. I wonder if this podcast will appear on there. We will see. There's also links to articles and a King Rocker playlist as well for you to explore. Um, It's all there. There's about 40-odd songs there. There are Nightingales and Prefix tracks if you're not so familiar or if you are familiar and just want to reminisce. It's all there and it's actually saved me one heck of a job. Uh, Don't forget you can follow the DreamFest podcast on Twitter at DreamFestPod, on Facebook at DreamFestPod and now on Instagram at DreamFestPod. My thanks again go to Fliss for her time, to Rich Farmer for the artwork, to Jane Powell for the music and to the Brum Radio podcast channel for hosting and to you for listening. So that's it for me for the Dreamfest pod. Uh, Remember you can like and subscribe and catch us in a couple of weeks with another fantastic guest. But until then, remember, if you book them, they will come. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.